There's a word in Psalm 138 that says, In the day when I cried to the Lord, you answered me. You strengthened me even to the depths of my soul. I just want to thank everybody for their prayers. As I've been out a few weeks, <laughs> different things got tested for COVID a few months ago, early, early on in the COVID. And then Pastor John thought it best that I stay away, being as I have I am one who has uh, trouble with the heart. And so, um, a few weeks ago, I had another heart attack. <laughs> John, uh, Pastor John called it a procedure from the pulpit. And I said to Prudence, that procedure was a heart attack. <laughs> it was more than a procedure. But the reason I know that, because the doctor, as we were walking into the surgery, goes, this is a real heart attack. I said, oh, thank you <laughs> for letting me know that. But I want you to know, that's the fourth heart attack I've had since my early 50s. Me and Prue were counting them up the other day. And I said, I can't believe, you know, that the Lord's brought me through four of these. And I thought, how many more can I go through these, you know, it, it really takes a toll on your body and on, on your strength. That's why Pastor Jonathan was calling for strength for me. You know, if you pray for anything for me, pray for strength. Last Monday, I came in for the first time um, to, the, to the church, and I said, I'll stay a few hours. But as I was here, and I stayed till about 3.30, the, the longer I stayed, the stronger I got throughout the day. And I just felt so like bubbly and, and just, you know, and just full of strength, didn't I? And I, when I came home, I, I said, you know, I, I did the dinner. I'm, I'm the chief cook in our house. Prudence is the chief bottle washer and I'm the, I'm the cook. But I just cooked dinner and, and I felt so good. You know, the Lord is marvelous. The Lord is good. The Lord is strong. You know, Pastor Jonathan, in declaring that we should come as a church to pray, I know that prayers are being answered. This past week, I know Pastor Jonathan called for prayer. For it. He said he had a sore throat and was coming down with chills. Julia, last night, Sam put a text out for prayer for her. She was, said, shivering and feeling not well. And, you know, just the, it's just the devil trying to bring down the house of God. But the Lord is here today to lift us up. He has not come to hit us on the back of the head with a two by four, but he's come to lift us up and strengthen us in his goodness in his love, in his might, in his grace. His grace is sufficient, Paul said. His grace is sufficient for me. And I just love the Lord. Do you think the Lord has got a, a sense of humor? If you don't think he has, when I, when I came out of the surgery, 
and was put in a, a, a room. It was a double room. And they wheeled me by this guy and they had a curtain between us. Well, during the day, as I was just laying there, I heard an, an, a nurse's aide came in to try and help this guy. He'd been in seven days. And, and then they were talking to him about recovery. And guess what the recovery was? He was an alcoholic. And I, I started laughing. I said, Lord, you have a sense of humor. That, here I am, a man that was delivered from alcoholism, uh, you know, and you've put me in a bed next to a man who, I mean, when I saw him, I thought, wow, this man needs the Lord more than... And so I started talking to him in the afternoon over the curtain and telling him about the love of Jesus. I said, they may have an answer for you, you know, so far, but I said, I want to tell you, I have the full answer for your life and that you would be set free from that alcoholism, that Jesus Christ is the only way that you can be free from that sin that holds you bound. And he, he, he said, who are you? <laughs> Who are you? What's your name? So we introduced each other, and uh, his name was Tommy. Pray for Tommy. I know the Lord's got a hold of him. I was thinking of him this morning when we were worshiping the Lord. I know the Lord's got a hold of him. I mean, he had black hair, and it was all disheveled you know, went every which way. He'd been in the hospital seven days. They'd been trying to clean out his liver and his uh, kidneys and everything, and he was in terrible shape. And, and when we left, when it was my time to leave the next morning, or the next afternoon, was it, around lunchtime, and I said, Tommy, is it okay if I pray for you? And he said, yes. So I walked over and, and I said, is it okay if I put my hand upon you? And he said, yes. And, you know, and I prayed for him out of my heart. And I could, you know, the Lord, I know, so I know the Lord has got a hold of his heart. You know, he, he couldn't thank me enough as we were leaving. You know, and I said, but I'm not staying. <laughs> it's my time to go home. <laughs> He wanted me to stay, but I said, no, it's time for me to go. So the Lord's got a sense of humor. He loves us with all of his, his heart. He loves us with an everlasting love that'll never, never fade away. It'll never go away. The Lord's love is so strong and powerful. It drew this ex-alcoholic out of misery and got a hold of my life back in 1980. And now I've been free from booze ever since. The Lord just set me free and set me free through the years. It's now 40 years since I was saved in the February of 1980. So, you know, to some that's a decade or what they call it. Is that a decade? No, not a decade. It's 10, right? 40 is a lifetime to some. 
But the Lord has set me free along, you know, every day is a walk with the Lord. Every day is a walk with the Lord. You know, and we cry out to him with all of our heart, as I did, Lord, deliver me, deliver me. One other thing about fear. I believe through these last two heart attacks, the first, the, the second one about two years ago, and I woke up in the room and I went, I have no fear whatsoever. I have no fear whether I, you know, whether I died or not. And this time was also, I had no fear of death. And I believe that the Lord wants his saints to know that there is no fear in death. When we, when it's your time, when it's my time, there is no fear in death. You know, there's a lot of people who are afraid of this pandemic right now. But I want to tell you that the, there is no fear in the Lord when we go to be with him. It says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious. In the sight of the Lord. I'm not wanting that any of you go right now. But <laughs> I'm just declaring that the fear of God is not when we are afraid of death. I want you to know you can be free from fear of death. For the Lord does not will that. But it, he wants it to be a precious time. You know, in the Lord. Well, I've wasted enough time there. <laughs> Just exhorting. But the Lord gave me a message when this pandemic first started. And it was about the pressing of men's hearts. That this pandemic was not just in the United States. But it was for the whole world. And that the Lord is doing a work of pressing men's hearts from sin to be free from sin and the pressing of them and the Lord is purifying the church I want you to know the Lord himself is purifying the church that exhortation on prayer by Pastor Jonathan I could tell that the Lord is pressing you know men's hearts to come forth and to be repentive so the Lord gave me a message out of Amos. And if you've ever read Amos, it is a, a book of a prophet. And part, most, of the, most of the book is so frightening, it looks like nobody could survive. Not even any of Israel could survive the, the, the wrath of the Lord or the presence of God. But I want you to know that there is always mercy with the Lord. We're in the new covenant, the covenant of Jesus Christ, who overcame death, hell, and the grave. And he holds the keys to all of that right now. And so, in the book of Amos 7, it said, in verse 7, Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall, and there was a plumb line, and in that plumb line of his hand 
Can you imagine the Lord standing upon the wall with a plumb line? And he's standing upon the wall in the midst of my people. And I will not again pass by them anymore. And I believe that the Lord is saying, you know, the purest way you can get a straight line is with a heavy plumb line. Growing up, you know, uh, from my age group, that's what they used to plumb line a wall with. Was, and it's so straight and so true that you cannot uh, deny its straightness. And I believe the Lord is, is set that plumb line in the midst of his people, Israel, and in the midst of his church. And I believe he is straightening up a few lives in the church and in Israel. The Lord is coming. Before the, the plumb line, the Lord called to contend fire and devoured a great deep and ate up part of the earth. Now, we don't want to be burned up with the wrath of God, but we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with his pureness and with his fire. So over the years, um, you know, the scripture said, I'm getting mixed up here because I had this, I, I, I had this uh, uh, scriptures like right at the beginning of the pandemic. So I've had it hidden <laughs> and not been able to declare it. But I felt that the Lord has not changed his mind on this, that he is, he is truly doing, you know, putting the plumb line to the people. And he is really straightening out our lives of the church. Over, you know, and all the discrepancies and the, the man-made uh, theology that's crept in and destroyed people. But not anymore. The Lord has set the plumb line. Over, and over the years, we have become a smaller church. It speaks there about Israel becoming smaller. And over the years, we have become a smaller church than we are today. Right? Back, back when this, the foundation, when grandmother was here and grandfather and they founded this church. We were full to the brim most days. And, and I've seen this church um, not only full all in here, but all in there and all outside. A hundred, maybe a thousand Russians when we had uh, Bonky came here. And that was, you know, that was a time. But that was a time of of pushing forth, of declaring the word of the Lord. And that, like I say, we have become a smaller, I'll say smaller church, but that's not where it's going to be at the end. It's not. And I believe we've become smaller because the church leaders in this place have always set a standard of godly fear and of Holy Ghost power and of anointed words of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Speaking out against sin, yet speaking the gospel of grace that sinners might be saved. And that, that was the type of gospel that I got saved by. There was no compromise with the leaders. There was no... Um, 
hiding from the truth of the gospel, even upon our lives. Look at all the things that Moses had to go through, you know, and, and the fire of the Holy Spirit that burned him until he fully, like, surrendered to the will of God. And I believe that's what the Lord is doing, not just for the leaders, but for all the saints. For the Lord is looking for a pure church, is looking for a bride without spot and without wrinkle. The Lord is looking for a purified church. So he set his plumb line upon Israel and upon the church to Pastor John and Judy. The plumb line, I don't know whether they're listening today, but their plumb line has always been straight. And they have set a true course for the church. They have, and it's also been immersed in mercy, truth, and grace. But they have always spoke the truth of God. They have laid a, a great foundation so that we, you know, the Lord said in Amos, I will never pass by you anymore. I will be with you. I will be with you. And I believe that, that they, their foundation that Paul said no other man can lay then that is laid, and that is upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And also for Pastor Jonathan and Carolyn, I kept this word here since your inauguration and <laughs> installation. What's inauguration? Oh, that's president. Okay, well, we'll wait for that one. <laughs> That'll be later. <laughs> yeah, prophesying. So, Pastor Jonathan and Carolyn, your feet shall stand, but not on your dad's foundation. That foundation can never be moved. But that foundation is you're set upon the Lord Jesus Christ because you've always followed him. You've always, I know there were times of going away, don't want to know it. You know, it doesn't matter. The Lord has forgiven us. He's washed us. He's made us clean, not only on the outside, but on the inside. He has cleansed our hearts. And that's what he's doing. And, um, but you, you're set upon the solid rock. And he shall not pass by you guys again. For the comfort and for the guidance, he shall never, never leave you. And he has said in Micah, he hath shown you, O man, what is good. What is the Lord? What does he require? And he said to do justly, to love mercy to love mercy and to walk humbly before your God. Those are just three requirements that the Lord has called for you to do, you know. And I know we can follow those three requirements. And it's by prayer. It's by years, you know, like I say, 40 years uh, since I 
since the Lord delivered me from that chain of darkness, from the chains of alcoholism, from the chains of everything else that went along with it, the Lord has set me free. Um, when I, we were reading the other night about Mary Magdalene, and she was, uh, she was the last at the cross, but the first at the grave. Such a precious woman. And it says, out of whom seven devils were cast. So I know the Lord has delivered me. I don't know how many. I never got the number. But I know devils have been cast out of me. The chains that once held me don't hold me anymore. I'm a free man in the Lord. I can lift up my eyes and lift up my arms unto the Lord. I can lift up my whole being because the Lord has delivered me from all that held me captive. And so, then I saw the Lord upon the altar. This is uh, Amos. I'll be in and out and back and forth. So, if you're trying to take notes, it might be very hard. Because <laughs> I never know where I'm going sometimes. <laughs> but then I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. This is Amos 9.1. And he said, smite the lintel of the door, that the post may shake. I want you to know there's a shaking going on that has been prophesied by all of the prophets from the beginning and reading. It seems like no one could ever survive some of the things that we have seen in the prophets. But we will, because we know that the Bible declares mercies of God are new every morning. And the just shall live by faith. We live by the faith of God. And those that are washed in the blood. Oh, Deborah, where's Deborah? Where's Deborah? She's, oh, the Lord gave me a song two days before I had my heart attack. And it was, it was just, it was just a song about the blood of Jesus. And, <laughs> and it's from Psalm 24 that says, Who can go up to the hill of the Lord? Who can walk with clean hands of his word? Who can go up without distraction or deceitfulness of sin? Who can walk up before the Lord's face? You know, so it's like a a questioning song of who can. But at the end it says we can all come in when we hold our hearts before the Lord, repented, and the King of glory shall come in. And I've got, that's some of the verses, but Deborah put a, a chorus to it about the blood of Jesus that I told you what, we played it a few times and in the house and every time. I, I, I mean, it just brings tears to my eyes. I mean, it causes you to just kind of wilt your heart before the Lord. And I couldn't believe the Lord had given me a song, you know, and then two days later, <laughs> but the Lord is good, Amen. you know. And I know, you know, I'm speaking that the hospital 
you know, they've put, uh, I've got six stents now in different arteries. So uh, every time I go, they put another stent in it. It's amazing, just, you know, but the Lord, but the Lord has not stopped doing miracles by his power. I know, you know, I know that the Lord and people out there that are listening, I want you to know that the miracles of the Lord are getting more and more in this day. It says, as we see the day of the Lord approach, greater things will you do, will you do, than what the Lord himself has done. And I believe that's like, it's going to be a corporate, you know, a corporate thing all around the world that all believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall pray for them and the blind will see, the lame will walk. And all these miracles and even hearts, the Lord can mend a broken heart. He can fuel it and make it good again. And so, where was I? I told you, don't take notes. I don't know where. I'll be back in a minute. Just talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) Shaking. There's a shaking going on. Jesus himself prophesied that the stars shall fall the sun and the moon shall not give their light, and the power of all the heavens shall be shaken before the sign of the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Just as the eight were safely in the ark of Noah, I also say to you today, get in the ark of salvation. Don't leave it till the last day. But call upon the name of the Lord. This is a call of the Lord to call upon them that you might be saved. Because there's a great reckoning coming. And I want none in the sound of my voice to ever not be in that salvation and be in the, in the ark of that salvation. The fear of God that he gave to his prophets to prophesy is to bring a reckoning to the church, the body of Christ, his bride, without blemish. I've said that before, didn't I? Yes. But the Lord is purifying his church. As I've said before, he is purifying like olive oil is pressed. I saw a documentary on the pressing of olive oil. And they did it the old-fashioned way. And it was done with a great big iron, not iron stone, a big stone that stood higher than me. And it rolls around and they throw the the, um, olives in and it's crunched and pressed in this great thing. And it continues to be filled and it becomes a pulp. Not pure olive, but it becomes a pulp. And then after that, they collect it and put it in gunny sacks that look like gunny sacks. These big gunny sacks, and they put all the everything in it. Then it's put under a hydraulic press. 
and then crushed. And you see the oil coming out, the pure oil of the Lord, or the pure virgin oil out of those olives. And I, like I said, I believe the Lord is crushing and pressing men's hearts to the very limit that we can go. He said there would always be a way of escape, but the Lord, I believe, is, you know, and it's not, it's not a crushing or a pressing to be oppressing, but it is that we might come out as pure virgin oil. So our lamps will be filled when he comes, just as the, the virgins are in chapter 25 of Matthew, where it's just beautiful oil, and they filled their oil with pure olive oil. I believe that the Lord is doing that in that day. And those gunny sacks were really high, you know, and they were like this broad, and and when that hydraulic came down, you could see the pure oil running down the side. And they had collection things at the bottom. It was just a great picture of what, you know, what the Lord uh, put on my heart about what is happening during this pandemic. It's amazing that I read in a commentary that in a time period that they were in of Amos, Jeroboam was a king of Israel, and Uzziah was the king of Judah. And they reached new political and military heights in those days. But there was a lack of love for the Lord God, and they had gone to worshiping idols and had become rampant. Like Pastor Jonathan said this morning, they had forgotten all the works of the Lord. And it said the rich were living in luxury while the poor were oppressed. And there was a widespread immorality of what we see, the craziness that we see in the cities these days. It's just absolutely insane. I mean, you, it's just insane. I am, you know, it says pray for your leaders. I have a hard time with some of them because... I just have a hard time, but I have to go, Lord, help these. Give them some wisdom here. Help them, Lord. You know, like, I mean, because, Lord, it is insane what they're doing and agreeing with. They're agreeing with evil. They're agreeing with it. And anyway, that, it was the same way in Amos's day that he was not pleased with them. God was not pleased with them at all. And he was bringing punishment through the mouth of Amos and Jeremiah, all those prophets that prophesied in those days. And all the nations since this pandemic, pandemic <laughs> began are under warning that God is pressing men's hearts, as I said, for a change that their hearts would be changed. The reason, you know, we all have to repent. It says we are all, we all, 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 all. That means everybody. We all fall short of the glory of God. 
We all fall short, but it said Christ came and gave his life for sinners like you and like me. The Lord himself hung on that cross that we might be free, that we would be saved from our impurities that you know, rise up in our life and that would want to bring us down. But the Lord is greater than the devil. I want you to know the Lord is greater than anything that might want to change your mind. He's going to rule in justice and righteousness. So he's pressing men's heart, that pure virgin oil to come forth, a, wells, a wellspring of oil. The praises of God are going to come like never before, sung out of a pure life, out of a pure river of the Lord. So I'm moving now, I put on this page, to verse 11 of chapter 9. But before I do that, I'm going to verse 9 of chapter 9. Is that me breathing? <laughs> verse 9 says, For lo, I will command, I will sift, even the house of Israel amongst all the nations, like corn is sifted in a sieve, yet not the least grain shall fall upon the earth. And the Lord also, so not after pressing, after <laughs> being pressed into oil, is also bringing forth a pure corn so that we can be the bread of life for the world. When, when we are, it says that, it's in a sieve or a, a fine mesh. It's like a fine mesh that they used to shake it in. And all, all the badness and would fall out or be picked off. And all the tears are put away. And the Lord only brings forth the pure bread of life. Now verse 11 says, In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up the ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. First of all, I want to say that the tabernacle of David was literally a booth or a hut made of branches. But I see David as the pure way of worship. I see him as the purest man who used to worship the Lord with all of his might. He was unashamed of God. He was unashamed to worship even before the whole of Israel. And, you know, and his wife ridiculed him, but he said, I will still worship the Lord with all of my heart and with all of my soul. And he began to twirl and rejoice in the Lord as they brought the ark of the glory of God into the city of David, placing the ark in the tabernacle that David made. There's been a lot of commercialism made through worship, but I see a pure, unadulterated worship 
coming in the house of the Lord from pure hearts that are coming our way through lips that have been touched by the coals of fire, as it says in Isaiah, and from the throne room of God. And there is a pure worship coming that will glorify, that will magnify and lead toward the entrance of the Lord of glory who shall come upon the clouds. He shall come upon the clouds. Isn't that marvelous? We're looking for that day when he shall come upon the clouds. So the Lord looks not upon the outward appearance, of, but on the inward of what he is doing in your heart. You know, like I said, I've, I've lived 40 years with the Lord, and I know there's some days that are harder than the other, because Peter wrote that sometimes the Lord is pressing us or trying us, and he said, your faith is being tried in fire. And some days are like that. I want you to know, you young ones, I want you to know some days, and it's, it's, uh, it's the Lord himself who is causing that. He has not come to hurt us, but he has caused us to come with pure hearts, with a pure heart that we can fully worship TJ, the drummer, is that, have I, TJ, sorry my hearing's not that good. I've watched you the last few weeks, and I've seen a joyful praise coming from those drums, and just a joyful, I mean, it's just... I like this morning I was looking at you you wasn't looking at me but I was looking at you and I could see a joyful as he was rattling on them drums yes hit them drums and the other week when we were praising I told Pastor Jonathan I said man that thing just went it just lifted the praise and you know unto the Lord a pure praise of God that that David did before the Lord is it's it's in us it's in us we've always wanted to worship the Lord in this church I know a few people that I've met through the years have said we first started coming because the the worship and the praise in this place has always been so great and so good. And we want it to continue, and we want it to continue in purity as the Lord would have it. Amen. Oh, they took the clock down. When did we do that? <laughs> oh, I have a digital. <laughs> okay. Chapter, verse 12 of that last chapter says that all the Gentiles are called by your name, says the Lord, who does these things. Behold, the, day, the days are coming, saith the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes upon him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip and the sweet wine of the Lord shall come and the hills shall flow with it. 
Amos seems to be saying that the blessings are so great that the land is producing so quickly and richly that it is difficult to finish one cycle of, of sowing, of reaping, before the other cycle starts again and the other one begins. And the land of Israel we have seen. It was prophesied in Ezekiel that the land of Israel would blossom. A person gave me a, a, a book, my sister-in-law, of, about this, that somebody took pictures in 19, uh, 1914, 18, around that time, and they went through the land taking pictures, and then they've redone it. This guy redid all the photographs from where they were taken then and where they are now, and the land has blossomed throughout all Israel. There's more crops now. It's almost like this scripture says, the reapers, you know, the, the plowmen's overtaking the reapers almost. And the Lord has done a marvelous work. And you could read that in um, Ezekiel 36. It speaks about the blossoming and the coming again of the land of Israel. All captives are to be brought home as well. In verse 14 of Amos, the old cities will be built back up. And we see Israel nowadays, these cities that are beautiful and, and just new. And just, you know, they have replenished everything. They've planted vineyards and drink the wine. And gardens from which they will plant each of their crops. The people shall also be planted there and no longer removed from the land. For I have given him this land. And we know that even in the book of Genesis to Abraham, that it was prophesied all that land from the river Egypt, even up to the river Euphrates, I believe it says, will be the land that I will give unto you. It was prophesied then, and it's coming to pass in these days. Amen. And in our age, it is coming to The people shall be planted there and no longer removed from the land that I have given them, says the Lord. The pressing that I have seen from the beginning of this pandemic, like I said, the pressing of men's hearts, the purifying of men's souls, was pressing men's hearts to repent. Not one nation, but every nation upon the face of the earth and the vineyard of the Lord. This is the time not for wild grapes, but brought forth as they brought forth wild grapes in Isaiah's day, but this is the day when sweet wine will come. For this shall be the sweet harvest of the Lord. The sweet wine of redemption. The sweet wine of many, many, many souls. This shall come 
to the knowledge of the Lord. So as I have said, this is not a time for lingering around. As Pastor Jonathan tried to exhort us this morning, not tried, but did exhort us this morning to come and pray. This is a time to seek the Lord. This is a time to repent. This is a time to be washed in the blood of Jesus. This is a time to submit your life unto the Lord because the Lord is coming quickly and you know no one knows the time the day the hour but it says when that last trump sounds at the end of the great tribulation when that trumpet sounds that last trump then shall we see him coming upon the clouds in great glory and great you know, the divineness of the lord and we shall lift our hands saying yes lord I'm part of the corn, I'm part of the olives, <laughs> I'm part of the wine, I'm part of the virgin oil. Lord, come, come, come quickly unto your church. Well, I hope you was exhorted, but also challenged. Because the Lord... The Lord always challenges us, you know, us, 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 us. <laughs> He always challenges our hearts. But the Lord's love is everlasting to everlasting. Yeah. And so I just want to, before I ask, I'm going to ask Deborah and Sharon, can you come? I don't know whether you put your violin away. I bet you have. But I ask you, and we'll do this after I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to the people in the all you that are on the cloud out there. <laughs> I wanna say the love of Jesus has never been greater than it is to this day and age. We are privileged in this day to be able to stand in the love and the grace of God. And I want to um, almost compel you, don't let this day go by, but give your heart to the Lord to surrender unto the Lord. <laughs>